0: get started here in just a second once we get uh Barry and or Justin uh involved. Thanks for uh, uh joining us here. Let's see if we get Barry here uh should be ready to go. All right. So this is the uh Sooner's Extra postgame edition after uh OU just got throttled but that's well there's a lot of ways to say it but that's one way uh on Saturday 49 to nothing Uh, down here at the Cotton Bowl, the most points that they'd ever allowed to Texas. Uh, Their biggest defeat in a uh, long, long time and a lot of other uh, not good marks for the Sooners. Barry got to start with the quarterback situation and went into this game not knowing if it was who was going to start there, if it would be Dylan Gabriel, if it wouldn't. I I didn't anticipate seeing Gabriel. We didn't today other than warm-ups, but what did you think about the game plan going into this game with uh, leaning heavily on the Wildcat and not uh, you know, using Davis Bevel as a wide receiver decoy much more than he was used as a, a quarterback?
1: I actually thought it was a fairly novel game plan. I thought it showed some ingenuity. I thought it was uh, effective early. I mean, I was I was fairly impressed. Now, it's not a long-term solution, and I don't mean week to week. I meant in any in any particular game, it's not a long-term solution. Um, these are sophisticated players at Texas, sophisticated coaches. They're going to clog that that leak. So, uh, I did think the Sooners controlled the ball and moved the ball. They had three long drives in the first half: thirty-four, fifty, and sixty-seven yards. Um, so I, I thought it considering how limited Davis bevel is, it was probably the best option. He's clearly not a big 12 caliber quarterback. I don't know what else, you know, I don't, I don't know what else they could do. He's no, apparently he's better than Nick Evers and general booty. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the option is besides what they're doing. Um, but I, I was actually entertained and somewhat encouraged by the, uh, by the, uh, by the Wildcat. I thought it was showed some – the one thing, I tell you, I think it can help in go down the stretch, you know, short yardage situations, things like that. Sooners haven't been bad at running the ball necessarily, but it puts a little arsenal uh, or a little, uh, little more weapons in their arsenal when, when Gabriel does come back.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see – uh, if, if
1: they break that out again, because there was were
0: some sometimes when uh, things things looked all right there with uh, Braden Willis, Eric Gray, Marcus Major, Jalil Farouk, uh, all at various times running the Wildcat. But to me, the biggest message it sent was that uh, the, the Sooners did not feel comfortable with either General Booty or Nick Evers out there if. Uh, they they don't roll those guys out there. Ever's got a little bit of opportunity there late in the last couple of drives, but obviously the game well in hand by that point. But uh, Barry, should we be surprised at the lack of quarterback depth behind Gabriel? Given the Sooners lost you, know, Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler from last year's team. The year before, they lost uh, Tanner Mordecai and uh, Chandler Morris. Uh, you know, all four of those guys. Uh, we're starting somewhere to start this season. Obviously Chan- Chandler Morris has been hurt, Max Dugan's uh, taken over uh, there at TCU, but you know, obviously the, the quarterback death is uh, a massive problem for this team, but should we be surprised that they're where they are uh, given that and given what was available to them uh, after all those things happened?
1: I think this is very instructive as uh, as we study the transfer portal, which is quarterback is a singular position. You know, if you're a linebacker and you go another team's got good linebackers, they'll they'll find a way to put you on the field and play you. Receiver, running back, doesn't matter. But if you're a quarterback, you want to go where you're playing all the time because people don't platoon quarterbacks anymore, and it's a lot easier to lose a guy than to get to than to get a guy. So clearly the Sooners lost in the portal. You mentioned all the guys that have transferred out. Once they got Dylan Gabriel, I mean, that's, that was a good get, great get in the transfer portal. But you're not going to go get, in all likelihood, any kind of backup, especially with Sooners recruiting pretty well to position. It looks like Jackson Arnold on his way. We'll see about Nick Evers, those kinds of things. But I just, I think uh, Bevel was obviously the best they could get. They needed something better. You got to hope Dylan Gabriel's healthy. He wasn't. You play without him. So, um, I do think, I do wonder if the decision to not use Nick Evers was as much mental as it was physical. Now, he threw one pass. He bounced past a short toss over to Gavin Freeman there in the fourth quarter. So, you know, that, that didn't look good. But you got to think Nick Evers' long-term is a better, is a better option than, than Davis Bevel if you had to go uh, deep into the season without Gabriel. But you know, it, it's clear OU's a one-quarterback team. There's not, there's not a Caleb Williams to the rescue. There's not a Tanner Mordecai in relief. Tyler Murray is, you know, we're five years removed from Tyler Murray in his third college season. Being OU's backup quarterback, those riches are gone.
0: Yes, they are. And as as Barry mentioned, obviously that's as much a function of what's happened in college football as everything else. But uh, certainly, in in my mind, that you know beyond this, the reasons not to play Nick Evers today go out the window a little bit. He did get his first collegiate snaps. Uh, t- today, the, in the very the last two drives, like Barry said, mostly was just handing the ball off, did have the bounce pass uh, incomplete to, to uh, Gavin Freeman on, on third down there uh, late. But, uh, Justin, one encouraging thing is it didn't sound like, uh, as Justin Martinez joins us, it didn't sound like, from listening to Brent Venables and, and Jeff Lebby a little bit afterwards, that, uh, Dylan Gabriel is going to be out long-term. This might have just been a, uh, a one-game deal and uh, Dylan Gabriel could be ready to go next weekend when the Sooners take on Kansas.
2: Yeah, you know, obviously we all saw him warming up before the game, uh, which gave a lot of people some hope that he might be able to suit up, but, you know, it's it's mostly a precautionary thing. It seems like that they just didn't want to rush him out there. Uh, they had said that uh, Brendan said that, you know, he was working out during the week, didn't really have any, any setbacks. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all saw the the hit that he took against TCU and is probably just playing it on the safe side to to not have him suited up to that as much as I'm sure he would have wanted him
0: gone out there. Yeah, and we saw the uh, sort of the trickery there. Before the game, with uh, Gabriel going through warm-ups and and throwing the ball around, heck, probably the best throws we saw all day from uh, the Sooners' side were Dylan Gabriel in warm-ups. But by the time that the game began, Gabriel was on the sidelines, uh, not dressed out. And the Sooners uh, clearly need him back soon because at this point, it's not about, you know, Ou getting back into any kind of race or anything other than just making a bowl game at this point with the uh, the schedule that they have remaining and, and getting a, at least a measure of momentum after uh, what's been a disastrous uh, three weeks. Barry, let's go uh, to the uh, the defensive side of things, and again, not. Not a good performance at all over there. Gave up 585 total yards. Three straight games where they're giving up yards in bunches. But uh, the Texas, they made Texas work a little bit uh, for those scores. I think uh, what a five-play, 54-yard drive was the, the quickest uh, or the uh, the the uh, least fewest amount of plays that the Longhorns needed to run to get into the end zone, but. Once again, all of the problems that we have seen come to light over the last couple weeks, the lack of pressure up front, the lack of disruptiveness from the defensive ends in particular, the uh, the inability to tackle, the inability to cover,
1: all of those things uh, rear their head yet again. Well, we've spent, I don't know how long we've been on on this discussion, 10 minutes, 12 minutes, I don't know. We talked about the quarterbacks. And why did we do that? Because it's fun because we can see it clearly and we can understand what's going on. And, you know, there's always some, some intrigue and some drama. But if Dylan Gabriel had had played today, best-case scenario, OU loses 49-21. They were going to get blown out with that defense they've got. This defense is atrocious. Quinn Ewers was back for Texas. I didn't think he played all that great. He missed a lot of passes. He missed some wide-open throws. He threw a goofy interception. I don't – He's he had a big day, and it could have, should have been a lot better. OU's defense is awful. I don't understand how it got this bad so quickly, but it's the, – the lack of a pass rush is mystifying. Um, they did make Texas work hard. Texas had four plays – or four touchdown drives but at least 79 yards in the first half, all of them took nine to 12 plays. So it was sort of methodical. There weren't any big home run type plays. I can't remember. I guess I, I don't think Texas had a play over 30 yards and it may not have had a play over 25 yards, but in a way that's, in, you know, that, that's damning for the OU defense because Oh, you often just played three deep safeties. They were bound to determine not to let Xavier Worthy or Roshan Johnson or or one of those guys get deep on them, And they didn't. But Texas just bang, bang, bang down the field. And that can be as debilitating as the home run plays we saw TCU. So this defense is in serious trouble. Serious disarray. It's it's trouble. It's trouble, trouble, trouble. So I don't I don't know where you go from here because you you know, you, schemes are not the problem in football. You can try different play. I mean, on offense, you can try different plays. But on defense, I don't know what you do.
0: Yeah, it's uh, not good for the Sooners right now. By the way, Barry, that Texas had did have two play or no, they had three plays uh, over 25 yards. They had uh, passes. 38-yard pass there uh, late in the, the, the first quarter, one of the last couple plays of the first quarter to uh, Rashawn Johnson, a 32-yard pass about midway through the, the third quarter uh, to, to Jordan Whittington for 32 yards, moving them to the 29. And then they had uh, uh, Keelan Robinson had a 26-yard run uh, uh, early in the fourth. But uh, not very many, just big, chunk plays for that uh texas offense it was just grinding down and, and doing you know pretty much what they wanted to as far as uh, just moving the football uh, up and down the field with very little resistance uh justin uh, wanted to ask you about this when you look at everything that barry mentioned with the ou defense all of the issues that have come to light especially over the last three games what to you is the, the most concerning, uh, especially when you talk about looking forward uh, to what this defense can be for the rest of the year and even beyond?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously there's problems really everywhere on the field for the defense, but I think Barry really hit the nail in the head that it's just the fact that they're not able to get much pressure. I mean, in non-conference play through three games, they had 13 sacks. I mean, they were getting to the quarterback at will in knock-on was playing. Granted, it wasn't against the best competition, but still. And in the conference play, three games so far, they've got one sack to their name. I mean, they just haven't been able to dial up pressure more. When that happens, you're forcing the other people on defense to make plays, you know, the the linebackers, the secondary, which they also have their problems as well. So I just think it starts up front. They've got the most capable guys out of any group. You know, they've got guys like, like Reggie Grimes, um, you know they've got guys like uh, Jalen Redmond, Ethan Downs, so they've got people who are capable of causing some problems for opposing offenses. And when they aren't able to do that, it's really forcing everyone else to make a play, and that's been a struggle for them so far.
0: Barry, are you surprised that they've stuck with the three-man front as much as they have over these last couple of games? We saw it sort of uh, first in Nebraska and. Didn't have a ton of success there early uh, with it, but we've seen them uh, sort of roll with that a lot over these last few games, and it just uh, doesn't seem like it's been uh, very effective, especially when, like Justin said, a lot of the guys that you would feel more comfortable about putting the game in their hands on the
1: defensive side are on that defensive front. Yeah, I am surprised. I thought we'd see more four-man front. You know, the, the four-man was prevalent against uh, K-State, um, not against um, not against uh, TCU, not against Nebraska, not today. But uh, it, it's certainly what Brent likes to do, I think, more than the three. But it's a case of just it's definitely not working. So... I wonder if it's if it's manpower. I wonder if they worry so much about their coverage. They just say we got to have we got to have more DBs back there. But clearly the three man wasn't working today at all. Um they played those safeties deep in a three man rush and you're just inviting you know you're just inviting your your uh, you're, you're just inviting Bijan Robinson and and Roshan Johnson to take handoffs and run 7 yards. The Texas tailbacks just were merciless uh, without huge plays. They go for 200, I think it was 252 yards on 47 carries is what I totaled it out. So just reminded me a little bit about of that 2014 Baylor game. Remember when Baylor kept on those hitches and no use, Mike Stoops just didn't feel like he could move his corners up because they just, you beat them for a touchdown. It, it was sort of that helpless feeling. So I don't know what the answer is. I, I, don't, I don't claim to know. Yeah, you're going to give Sooners fans PTSD with that,
0: not that uh, they needed any more of it after uh, what happened today. But, yeah, it's sort of a, a death by a thousand cuts type of thing where especially after last week with the issues that we saw in the Sooners secondary that, that they felt like they needed to do some different things back there, used Woody Washington as a, the safety Uh, Quite a bit today, obviously not having Billy Bowman uh, back there hurt, but uh, just uh, there's no good answers for what to do with this team defensively because there's so many areas where they're deficient right now. And, and, you know, it's certainly I know you fans have got to be frustrated with the results uh, the the last couple weeks, but. It's, it's clear that they don't trust some of those younger guys to, to roll in there, although we did actually see uh, Kip Lewis out there a couple weeks ago. Grant Venables said he was going to redshirt. Uh, I think he was mainly out there on special teams, but got to see him. R. Mason Thomas uh, made his uh, comeback after missing uh, a few games uh, there. Uh, Gentry Williams. So they're They're trying a little bit of new things, but they don't have a lot of new guys to throw out there and um, you know, as bad as things are out there, they obviously feel like if they uh, rolled out anybody else that uh, the results would be even worse. So I I think this is something that mainly is going to have to get fixed on the recruiting trail, but uh, you know, that doesn't, uh, it doesn't give any relief immediately For the Sooners and and with their schedule coming up, it's uh, you know there's a little bit of a a gulp for Sooners fans right now uh, with uh, Kansas next week. Kansas actually, their offense looked effective today, even after Jalen Daniels uh, got hurt. And then uh, you know Baylor, uh, OSU, and Texas Tech is three of the four games to close the schedule. Uh, Not much relief uh, looking forward, Justin.
2: Yeah, you know, that's something we've been talking about all season is that even when OU was, you know, playing some of its best football, we were still saying there's no really given wins in the Big 12. And now, especially with the way they've been playing in Big 12 play, I mean, clearly none of these games are going to be easy for OU. I'd imagine they're not going to be favored for too many of them, uh, really, if any, as of right now. So it's going to be tough for them because, like you said, there's really not just a, a quick solution to it. This is something that's probably going to be uh, issues that will lead into the offseason and they try to address it on the recruiting trail. So until then, you know, it's, it's going to be really tough sledding for the rest of conference play.
0: And uh, Barry, one of the, uh, the listeners, Matt, Uh, asked, do we ever see head coaches call plays on defense and and wondering if that was a thing? And is it an option for Brent Venables moving forward? I don't know that the play calling necessarily is uh, the issue right now. It's uh, significantly deeper than that. But what's your uh, thoughts on that?
1: Well, yes, we have seen it. Bill Belichick's done it for years um, to some success, I would say. Um, And I also think, I think Brent calls more than a fair share of this defense. I really do. So, um, does he need to call more? I don't know. Um, I just think it's a philosophical fundamental problem. In other words, if you can't rush the quarterback, you need to blitz. Oh, you didn't blitz that much. I think it's because they fear getting lit up in the back end. And when that's the case, you know, you're sort of out of options. If you can't if you can't if you can't blitz, you can't rush the quarterback. It's just a you know, I, I don't know what you do. Here's yeah, they're, the truth. They they got a massive talent discrepancy here. I mean, they were so so on defense last year, they lost five players to the NFL draft. Nobody's risen up from the young ranks. the transfer portal didn't bring anything substantial in on defense. And you got what you got. So it's a situation. There is no question about that.
0: Yeah, they're basically just sort of playing whack a mole out there with this defense. Because every time, if they react to a problem, I and mean, they, uh, you know, try to get somebody else, uh, something else to fix it, another problem just uh, pops up uh, right behind it, and uh, they've got to, uh, you know, just fix that through bringing in recruits, bringing in you know, having a, a solid year in the transfer portal beyond this, but um, there's there's no good options in the short term, and it, it is, could be more pain ahead uh, for the Sooners uh, defensively there. And uh, Justin, uh, another comment, and, and Barry, I'll let you follow up on this one uh, too, but uh, Brandell says that, the Sooners need to get uh, the young guys as much playing experience as possible and, uh, you know, roll out the four-man front and do what they can with that just to, uh, you know, get those guys experience and what the defense, uh, you know, will ultimately look like. Uh, I'm, I'm
1: sort of on that bandwagon. I think this, this season is not lost, but it's teetering on the edge of loss. Um, they're three and three. They're not going to win the big twelve. they got virtually no chance at that um making a bowl is going to be quite a steep climb, and frankly, the veterans aren't doing a whole lot so what's what would be the point of of not you know if I mean everybody the Jared Canick siren call is remains stout. I realize that, and all of a sudden it has some validity it's you now you could say it could be worse, yeah, but Forty-nine, nothing, Texas. Doing it with uh, with the veterans, so I don't see the downside to giving the young guys the chance to to get some things done. So um, you know, it's a case of it's a case of my I, I don't see I don't see what you have to lose. I I think it's a solid thing to try. Yeah. What What about you, Justin?
2: Yeah, I'm on the same boat as Barry. I mean. Not to say that this this season is completely lost, but yeah, I mean, there's, like you said, there's certain goals that just don't really seem achievable right now with being a Big 12 championship or something like that, even a bowl game is going to be hard. So, I mean, there's no time like the present. you know, they're going to have to get out there eventually and start to contribute. And if that's the case, if you're down 49 to nothing to Texas, I don't see why, if there is going to be an instance where it's fine to start to play some of these younger guys, I don't see why that wouldn't be the time to do it. So. You know, at this point, I'm, I'm, I think just getting experience right now will be good for them, especially if, like you said, the, the veterans aren't playing so well either. So it doesn't hurt, I don't think.
0: Barry, you mentioned uh, Jaron Kanik. Is he, is he the guy, if you look at, hey, just tr- roll somebody else out there, give him a shot, and, and see how it goes. Is he the one maybe that you'd say – uh you know, either, I guess, the first guy you would mention in
1: that, that group of guys to, to roll out there and, and roll the dice and see how it goes? Yes, I, I and I, come, I, I don't come to that discussion as an expert. I'm just following the, the whale of the crowd. Um, you know, I don't know who else might be on that list. Our Mason Thomas is actually getting some of that. He played quite a bit today. So, um, you know, I think there's some other guys that could probably go on that list. Uh, but canuck is sort of the poster child for it. Uh, you know, I don't know, just, you know, try whatever, but uh, not because you think it's going to work, not because you think it's going to get you to the Liberty Bowl, but because maybe it gets these guys ready for a season that's going to matter because this one clearly is not going to.
0: Yeah, that's that's the point that the Sooners are at, and it's hard to argue against that at this point, given, you know, what's happened uh, over these last three weeks uh, justin to you what's what's the most disappointing element to uh you know this this recent swoon um, compared to the expectations and, and what we'd seen through those first three weeks
2: yeah i think just generally the fact that it seemed like a heading into the season and it seemed like a during non-conference play that this was going to be a defensive-minded team led by Brent Venables, a defensive-minded coach, and the defense is the biggest problem right now. So, I mean, I think that's just the the overall takeaway or the biggest disappointment is just that that side of the ball just hasn't lived up to the expectations that it set in the offseason season that it set during non-conference
0: play. Yeah, I think certainly the, the, the non-conference play performance raised expectations for what the defense could be uh this year but clearly they were going to have problems barry mentioned all those guys that they lost that are in the nfl now and they lost those guys from a defense that wasn't particularly effective itself last year so maybe you know, there should have been a more skepticism on that side of the ball but uh barry Anything else to, to you that stands out as, as particularly uh, disappointing um, compared to what, what we thought about this team uh, a few weeks ago? Barry, if you're
1: talking, you, you're muted still. Yeah I, yeah, I was doing some serious thinking. You know, the one thing that's disappointed me is particularly the last two weeks um, maybe K-State, I'd have to go back and remember. I can't remember. But this is a situation where, oh, you needed special, coming into today, whatever fantastic script you could write to come to a vic- Sooner victory, it had to include some special teams dominance, uh, a blocked kick, a return. A couple of those would be really helpful. And the Sooners have just been so-so, You know, they've so-so on special teams. The fake field goal was a cool play. It got them a first down. They didn't get anything out of it, but um, you know, the, when you don't have your quarterback, Mervin Mims is is rendered uh, useless. Would have been nice if they could get him involved in the return game. Didn't happen. So the special teams are a little bit of a, a little bit of a disappointment to me. So uh, that's the only other thing I can think of. Just Texas's total dominance was was quite prevalent. Um, You'd like to have seen Gabriel play in this game, but it would have mattered in the final score. It would not have mattered in who was going to win it.
0: Yeah, and one of the listeners said Gabriel wasn't any better from what they were rolling out there today, but clearly he's better. I mean, I know there's frustrations with Dylan Gabriel and, uh, some of the the overthrows uh, last week, the incompletions over the last couple weeks. But he's been able to avoid uh, turnovers, hasn't uh, thrown an interception, and he's clearly a better passer uh, even without those elements than uh, Davis Bevel and presumably anybody else in this group. So it, I, I think as much as anything today, maybe – uh, should open some people's eyes to yes, they can be frustrated with Dylan Gabriel at times, but hey, you know things are a whole lot thinner behind it than uh, than maybe OU fans realize. And I know they've been spoiled recently with uh, the quarterback play. Heck, even Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams the last couple of years would just leave you with your jaw dropped at times with the throws that they made. But, um, you know, this is a, a long way from that. Uh,
1: no doubt Barry. Yeah. This idea that this idea that Gabriel is somehow to blame for, for any of this, the idea that he's just not that good. Well, that's just silly. Um, the drop off, as you said, is mighty. It's massive. it's, It's unbelievably massive, Um, and the Sooners are lucky to have him. So uh, OU is spoiled. I think part of Venable's plan is to make sure that Sooners don't go through much of this anymore. With if-ever's returns, Jackson Arnold next year, Gabriel, you'll have, in theory, some some quarterback depth. But uh, you've got to be prepared uh, because – Many a season has been torpedoed by the lack of quarterback depth. and It's hard to get in these days. It's very hard, but, you know, you, you got to strive to do it.
0: Yeah, you have to, but it, it is really tough to build it. I mean, you've almost got to build it through uh, through recruiting as far as getting guys in high school to come there and, and hope you hold on to a guy for a couple of years or a year or two as a backup, maybe – you get a rare guy who's who sticks it out as a backup or finally gets his opportunity as a starter late in his career. But those are going to be fewer and far farther between now with just the, the realities of things. Um, Justin, uh, w- one of the the listeners uh, asked if there should be any concern about guys uh, sitting and, uh, you know, going ahead and, either getting ready for the draft or entering the portal um, you know I, I think it's tough now with most of these guys have already played four games so you're not saving a season uh, as far as the red shirt obviously you're gonna save some wear and tear but do you think that's a an issue or a worry now with uh, the way things have headed with this team
2: I mean with the way things are headed with the transfer portal in general I think it should always be in the back of your mind you know I wouldn't really take anything off the table with with how much players are able to move freely now in the portal so it's definitely a concern but at the end of the day from what we've heard at least at least from what they're telling us it sounds like the players are still backing Brent Venables believing in what he's preaching understanding that it's going to be a process with this new system so if we're going purely off of what they're saying and what they're telling us I don't think it's too much of a concern but yeah I mean the transfer portal is something that has a big impact on the game and this is a real thing that can happen. If you start to lose a lot of games, you know, you could see guys leaving or maybe just kind of even checking out mentally at certain points. So, yeah, it's a possibility. But from what we've been told, at least, whether it's the current players or even the recruits that have gone out of their way to, to back Fred Bedible, it seems like they're still believing in, in what
0: he's preaching. What do you think about that, Barry? Do you, do you see much of that happening here uh, down the stretch? Oh, yeah. I
1: mean, I think – even if things are going great, I think people are going to hit the portal. You're going to see more and more of that. It's it's something you got to worry about completely. You got to worry about it, but it's going to happen either way. That's why you got to hit the portal hard on the incoming. You got to you got to recruit that. That's as it's important getting more as the high school recruit. So, uh, and I would I would say that that's another thing that about this poor season could be just the whole the whole uh, situation of keeping your your recruits. Uh, in in tow, so uh, there's a lot to worry. College football coaching is harder than ever. Of that, there's no no doubt. So we'll see if uh, if they can minimize the damage. But no doubt, people are going to hit the portal. That's just that's just what people do these days.
0: Yeah, it's it is the reality of things. Barry, sticking with you. One of the, the listeners asked, is it a talent discrepancy, or are they missing a specific type of player? on the defense, and, um, you know, he, he said he's not sure if the, the players that are extremely talented on the defensive side are going to be very attracted to what they're putting out there. I think for now, you know, Brent Venable's reputation is certainly going to help, but uh, how, how long uh, does that help if, if things don't turn around? And One of the things that uh, this listener said is he doesn't understand why TCU and teams like Iowa State, can uh, put together defenses like they have and the Sooners can't.
1: TCU hadn't been doing it recently. Um, Iowa State's got a very good coach, defensive coordinator, and a very good system and a very good culture under Matt Campbell, and they've developed that over time. And that's what Brent wants to do. And if you do that at Oklahoma, we want to do it with better players. Brent and Harrod. Inherited a very poor defensive culture. He's changing the philosophy. He's doing, uh, you know, changing, changing the scheme, all those things. So it was going to be a struggle. I mean, this isn't te- the 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 magnitude of OU's decline is stunning, but the results are not. Uh, we looked at it in in July. The all Big Twelve comes t- preseason team comes out. The only sooner on it is Michael Turk. You could make a case for some offensive guys. There weren't any defensive guys you could make a case for. That wasn't going to happen. And now you sit there and wonder why aren't they any good? Well, because they don't have very good players. So they got to ch- they got to change that. There's no doubt about that. They got to change that. So uh, that's the number one thing. And, um, and, and the establishment of a culture will help. You know, the establishment of a specified scheme that they're going to stick with. That's going to help. That'll take time. And the only thing that expedites it is an increase in talent. Didn't happen in the portal. It needs to happen with the recruiting and with the portal going forward.
0: Yeah. And very sticking with you on this. One of the fans is worried about the long-term health of this program. Mentions, you know, Army slipping you know, now 70 years ago and, and not being able to recover. Obviously, that's a different thing. Nebraska's decline. Is that a worry at all? Um, that this thing, you know, gains steam and, and keeps going in that direction?
1: Well, I mean, you worry about everything. You know? <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, six I guess, games. It- do- six games does not, a, a, uh, collapse make in terms of a, a, a foundation of a culture and a tradition and those things. Um, you can fall far fast, but it's way too early to, uh, to worry about it. I mean, I mean, USC's been sort of struggling. You know, they had a terrible year last year. You know, Lincoln's got them riding high again. Um, Michigan had a terrible COVID season. They're two and four or whatever they were. Penn State, same. I can't remember what they were, but terrible. They're back in the top ten. So, no, let's worry about 2030, sometime closer to 2030. It's not going to happen right now here in 2022.
0: Barry trying to drive OU fans into uh, drinking even more today with the mention of Lincoln Riley there.
1: But uh, it's... Was that dirty pool? Was that dirty pool? <laughs> you mean I can. You me, you me. Throw gasoline on the fire. Let me tell you. Let me tell you a synopsis of the twenty twenty two season. USC is having the the season that OU fans envisioned. OU is having the season that OU fans envisioned for USC. That's the synopsis of the season.
0: Yeah, it's hard to argue that uh, for sure, but. Uh, we're going to wrap it up there on the uh, Sooners Extra podcast slash Twitter space here from Dallas. We're going to get out there and maybe see if we can maybe grab uh, some fair food on the walk to the car and uh, hit the road back to Norman to uh, you know, further analyze what happened today and what it means uh, for the, the Sooners uh, moving forward. But thank you so much for joining us uh, today. Again, the final, uh, Texas 49, Oklahoma 0. The Sooners next week play uh, the Kansas Jayhawks at 11 a.m. We'll see if they're able to uh, turn their fortunes around in that one. But certainly a rough day for the Sooners. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great rest of your weekend, and you can check our work out every day at oklahoma.com and every morning in the Oklahoma for the OU you coverage